cliffcentral.com Alright, it's nearly the 1st of May In my ears Make me sound good it's, um, We've got a new name From, the, from next week or from, Actually from today We are called the Just Now Comedy Podcast And the reason why we called it that Is because most of us arrive late And when you phone Eric And you say, where are you? He says, I'll be there just now So we've started We've started a podcast called the Just Now Comedy Podcast There's so much stuff happening um, we're just going to carry on from last week I was doing some accents When I was talking to Nick And Alfred Adrian were here And they said I was being racist and Then I, I went home and cried um, To my colonial home On my roads that were built by And when, you know, I went past the hospital in the roads <laughs> And I realized you can't actually do comedy without accents You've got it Every comedian I mean I, I read my kids stories at night and I use accents it makes the story more interesting it makes him realize what the people are you can't do comedy without accents so so fuck you with your accents Mr. <laughs> Mr. Nick, Nick uh, Nicholas Goliath and then let's start with that the, on the way in here there was a guy in the traffic next to me um, a Chinese guy and on his tra- passenger seat he had a um, one of those boxes from the pet shop with a dog in it and my immediate thought was this guy is just taking his pet to the vet. But it is a Chinese guy with a dog in a box on a passenger seat. Is that a takeaway? Is it, what is it just shows you how quickly you can go from thinking something to um, thinking a bad thing. Yes. So in the show today, I'm going to give Jason Goliath a call. He has this amazing comedy club uh, with him and his sister and his other Goliath clan. And they just had... And a, a comedy festival out of nowhere. They had on the one night they had um, they call it twenty and five or what five and twenty and five. So each twenty comedians doing five minutes each. They also had a festival, Comedy Central festival of the old the old guys doing comedy. They had a young comedy festival, and then they had a headliners comedy festival. So we're going to phone him about half past nine. Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon can't be with us today because apparently it's a holiday. It's um, Freedom Day. And Brandon can't be with us today, and then neither can Eric for some reason. That's fine. What you do is you phone them <laughs> and you say, Where the fuck are you? All right, we're going to phone Eric Cooking Pilot. I understand that it's Freedom Day and that he voted 20. How many, how many years ago was it? 23. Jeepers. 23 years ago, we, we stood in a queue. There was so much hope. And I'll tell you, if you have some stories of that day, 23 years ago, how old were you? Two. What is it? Well, well, Eric, you have the music if he answers. Sorry, but I didn't answer. Oh, but I didn't. 
That is um that is the most boring message. My phone's lying somewhere, I can't get to it. Uh, God. Alright, Eric. Stick it up your ass. We'll phone Jason just now. The thing is uh, twenty three years ago we, we were I was living in Cyril Dean. I don't even know where that is. It's in the east of Joburg. It's like Chinatown, basically now. But twenty three years ago it wasn't. But <laughs> we woke up and the cool thing was it was a holiday. So they gave us the holiday that the, what what date? It was the twenty seventh of April. So it was a holiday and every single person was like, are you going to vote? Yeah, I'm going to vote. And it was quite a thing because it was the first time we were voting for a democratic government and we weren't being told by the national government who the government was going to be. But then again, when I see what's happening now, there's no real difference. Because really. <laughs> we voted for some guy and he gets into parliament and then he gets fired. And we're going, but didn't we vote for that guy? <laughs> Wasn't that our guy that we wanted in there helping us? And then this this boss man just just chucks him out, so it doesn't actually matter. In the end, there is no real democracy. But anyway, I never said that. We um we had a bry. I think every white person was standing there going, "Okay, I'm not going down." How's the queues? And we phoned people. I think we had cell phones then. <laughs> we had cell phones. It was 1990 something, and the the queues were just massive all around the. So we ended up okay. Let's have a bry, and let's have just one drink. <laughs> then. We, I might have had um, a celebratory Freedom Day joint, or seven, or, or eight. <laughs> and, by the, and then we started going through the parties, what, what, who are we going to vote for? So we thought, okay, ANC have got this, we, we, that's fine. So voting for them is not going to really make you feel proud, because you maybe want to, just to have that feeling. Then we went through some of the other parties. Now at that stage you could pay, I think it was 100,000 Rand or 90,000 Rand, and you could start a party. So on that ballot, originally there were 90 parties. Which was then whittled down to about 38. So that was a long piece of paper. 38 parties. And there was the, the kiss party, which were keep it, keep it straight and simple or something like that. Keep it plain and simple. That doesn't make sense. Keep it simple and simple. And there were a whole, a whole bunch of, um, ex prostitutes, women who had started a party and they were basically working on a tax for, for, um, Sex workers And they said We'll start a party So they become legal And they can pay tax And get medical aids And all these things I thought okay I'll vote for them That's cool Then there was This bunch of Rastafarians Who started something Called the soccer party And they <laughs> They were excellent They had this thing Called the soccer party And they were going to Legalize marijuana So at about half past Four or five o'clock Just before <laughs> These things closed We cruised down to Sir Edmund Hillary Primary School <clears throat> Probably high and very drunk and voted for the soccer party. So I know that my vote was a secret. But that was 23 years ago. So it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> so I hope you had a lack of freedom day. <clears throat> also, winter's coming. There's, there's, there was a, there was a tinge of, I've got a beanie on. And then there's something else that, that happened this week. Um, not a friend of mine, but a friend of a friend that died. Nick Durant, one of the, one of the, not only the greatest Boxing, we call it boxing coach or boxing instructor, um, administrator, manager, just an incredible man. And I think there, there's a comedy link in here because people, it's, it's very sad that he's gone, but in terms of showmanship and how to actually create a brand, this guy was incredible. Um, spent a lot of money just making sure that he was seen and it, it, the return was massive because any, any fighter that got into the ring, if he was trained by Nick Durant, he was trained to win. The guy worked the guy so hard. He had three or four gyms downtown. Proper in the middle of town, like where there's um, parties now, like in Newtown and 
the something square. What's it called? <laughs> no, not Brahm. Even fu- even further, 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 like sort of towards the Oriental Plaza, that side, proper downtown. And this is before um, people were told that we must uplift uh, young people and we must start paying fees and money. He knew that these young black guys could get out of the poverty, could get out of their their life. Of drugs, whatever it was, and could train them to become boxers. And he just trained them so hard. A lot of the guys couldn't make it. They'd get to the point where they're really good at boxing, but they just didn't have the spirit. And he trained those guys incredibly well. Um, the comedy side of it is that so many people try and find it. They go to these gigs and they do their things, but find your brand, find a thing. Um, Nick used to wear, uh, these, about six rings on each, on each, on each hand, on his fingers, these massive gold rings. He had gold chains. He wore a, a beanie 24 hours a day, had long hair. Um, if a new car came out that week, he would make sure that he, that he would trade his old one in and buy it. <laughs> the guy was a self-promotion. He was an icon. It was incredible to watch him do that. And you, you couldn't not notice him if you walked into a room. He had an entourage wherever he went. So just in terms of these guys trying to be comedy brands, get your shit together, man. Find a thing. I'm not saying you must grow your hair and wear a beanie and that kind of stuff, but get your find a, a, a personality and do it. Right. I don't know why this thing dies. <sighs> and then, uh, Brandon couldn't come in for some reason. We have, we're supposed to have breakfast beer club at 9.30 and the, the guy just didn't pitch. So yeah. We had a gig. We. And I say we. Here's something interesting. When I left the studio last week, apparently I said I on the, bl- uh, cause we write a little blurb after the show. <laughs> every, every time we finish a show, we write a blurb that says, uh, so and so was on and we did this and we did that. And apparently I said I. I, I, I. And she said, it's we, Dave. You've got a show. It's we. Where there's people, there's other people in the show. At the moment, it's just Palessa here. <laughs> um, Eric has got his 9 to 5 job, which he, um, he resigned from. Maybe that's another lesson. Like, you can't resign when you're 21 from a cuck job. I think you, it's called being asked to leave. <laughs> so, um, Eric must come back. We need him back. I need him to explain a few things because I was called old last week. So I need him to explain dating my family. Or do you know it? Do you know dating my family? Grab the mic there. I need to know what it is, please. <laughs> Just explain how the show works, please. It's um when I see tweets and stuff on Facebook and every time I see something, you'll see Eric says, I'm watching. And obviously, there's a hashtag DMF, was it? Yeah. Okay, what is date my family? Um, date my family is... Um, one person, a girl or a guy Goes to a certain family um, Sits in with the family Without the partner That he wants to date So he dates the family before dating Oh my the, goodness, who came up person? with this? <laughs> and then it kind of is how dating is though But normally you, you'll eventually meet the parents first. You <laughs> meet the parents after does the, dad, does the dad smell the guy's fingers To see if he's already started uh, dating? No <laughs> No. <laughs> Sometimes the dad is not even there. It's just friends. Oh, it's friends. They call cousins. it ex. It's family, but it's just this yes. is my best friend. So she's not in the room, and yeah. I arrive there, and there's these people. You yeah. right, go out on a date with them. If if the guy comes back, so it's three families that you meet. Is there a winner? Is it a game show? No, you, there's well, no you winner. Win, you this win whole the thing da- sounds. You win the date. Not and why is it so? Money. Why is it so trending? Why is it trend so quickly? Um, because black Twitter always makes things <laughs> trend. <laughs> yes. You had to go and, and say that, hey? And, and it's funny. What? They're going to call me racist. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm black, so it's, I'm allowed it's, um, <laughs> it's Twitter, my friends. There um, is no Chinese but, Twitter. <laughs> but there's different Twitter. There's no, I'm Twitter. aware there's, of black Twitter. There's I'm, black I'm Twitter. Free. There's white Twitter. There's, yeah. 
And I dig it. There's codes and, and major subtweets on Black Twitter. It's yes. just always when you, <laughs> you you don't diss someone directly. You don't say Boy T is this. Yeah. You have to say the one yeah. with the thing. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. Anyway, it's Boy T's birthday yesterday. I think. I think she. And today? I think she's gorgeous. Is it today? I don't okay. It I doesn't matter because someone could listen to this podcast in a year's time. Yeah, they will still be today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then, so that's why it trends. It's just because people are they taking the piss? Though? I mean, are these proper characters? Because directors in shows will always look for characters. They never just put a normal person. Yeah, I think they, they, it's always characters. Some people lie, and I think that's why it trends a lot because. Um, we find out things that are in secret that people don't say when they come in. Like I'll come in and say, um, so I'm the station manager. <laughs> oh, I see. And okay, then so someone will take out start, files. Hey? Yeah. And like, no, she's not. She's actually one, two, three. Okay. So there was apparently was a, there was a guy who said he's a stand up comedian and he just, yes. he's paid off his car. Spawn on or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys are saying he's never been. Yeah. And he's got two cars. He's got two houses. I've never seen him at the club. He's he's that guy, but sure. apparently he was lying. Okay. But apparently Eric Eric knows him, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Eric knows him. So because see the thing is there's there's also um this is what I also think about like the the we t- spoke about the Comics Choice Awards and then and I was called an old comic and it and it pissed me off. The um then I watched comics overseas. Mm-hmm. There is no ageism there. There's like a you're a good comic or you're a shit comic. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. how old you are. Then I started thinking like this Comics Choice Awards for a young comic. I suggest you register and go and do it because you need that credibility that you're choosing the right career. So many young comics are like, let me try this out and I can spot it immediately. We spoke about it last week of a guy who's been told he's funny by his friends and he's just giving it a try. You, you can't. You've got to, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. I also see it with there's this comedy, comedy something, Clayton Zanzi. Oh, okay. Um, comedians. Yes, it's a show that's been recorded, but it's sometimes a, a in Gaborone, tab- some of them are here. So they, they, they were doing it at Taboo. Okay. And I'm watching them, I'm like, uh, oh. you actually, you funny for your friends. Funny, like, oh, funny for friends. You've done the yes. two minutes and now you've got 15 minutes of And then you don't explaining. know what to say and it's like, okay, <laughs> so then what happens now? But look, I'm glad, I'm glad they're getting it. They're on TV. They're happy. But, <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch Bunty <laughs> Hour? No. I watched the whole episode. I watched the whole hour. And I was watching it in terms of, I know the people on it. I know they're my friends. They're my colleagues and that. There was, the only thing I have is, it's on TV. It's, it's done its second season now. So they really are doing well. But the sketches are just too long. They've got to, they've got to, the, the joke was already seen. I could see the joke in the corner. Yeah. Appearing. <laughs> and once the joke is, once you can see the joke in a sketch, then you rely on great acting. Cause then I want to see the joke being acted out. The guys are comedians. They're not actors, but they've got, They've got something beautiful there, and it just makes those sketches a little bit shorter. But that's that's like, no one's going to hear me say this. So, um, young comics, <laughs> <laughs> young comics, join the Comics Choice Awards for the older comics. Do it for for what reasons you want to do? Because there are so many sections of to do it. There's, and the, the reason I'm saying this is that the registration closes next week for comics. They've got a one which is a media thing where you, if you've if you've done a podcast or if you've been on TV or something, you can join that. If you've written for a magazine. You know, at the end of the, at the last page of a magazine, they have a, like a, a happy little column oh, yeah. written by a comedian. Like, mm-hmm. if it's in a, in a family magazine and he's just had a kid, then they'll write a, con- <laughs> like a funny story about, aren't children funny when they're shit and everything. <laughs> um, so if you've written that, so there's, there's sections that you can join that will further your career. So you really must do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a major fan of, of, of the Comics Choice Awards, but I can see the merits of it. I can see someone that, that if you want to, like Rob Van Furen, uh, won the intermediate, I think he won the intermediate comic and then he won 
the Breakthrough Act, which means in between doing gigs and that, he still also did television, wrote plays, wrote one-man shows, and it actually helped his career. So do it for what you want to do it for. There's no, um, yes. There's no, there's, I'm not against it. Please be cool. Then I'm going to phone Jason Goliath, see if he answers his phone. Because the Goliath Club ran a massive comedy festival. I think it's running this whole weekend as well. Yeah, till the 30th, I think. How do you know these things? Because, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a fan, I guess, but I just saw ads <laughs> and that it runs until the 30th of April. Keep it simple, stupid. I just got told. Ooh. Kiss. Oh, is that the party? <laughs> oh. It was a real party. But now, <laughs> when I look back at the soccer party and kiss party, so let's look back on a, a, retro, a retrospective of Freedom Day. The kiss party never got into parliament. The soccer party got one seat. So. Like, uh, but back in then, back then there was massive PAC, and then obviously in Colosseum in, Hotel, there, there was, there were people were still voting factionally, so, but, um, the soccer party got a guy in, um, and he, I don't know how he did on the legalizing of marijuana, but when I look at what happened in the Western Cape now, that constitutionally speaking, the, what you do in your home is your business, you're not selling it. So, in actual fact, I, I'm proud that I voted for the soccer party. They were based on, Sports. They said sport will unite the country. This is now back in ninety. What? When was twenty three years ago? Ninety four. <laughs> ninety four. <laughs> so ninety four. So it's before. It's before the rugby world cup. It's for. It's before twenty ten. Here's these guys saying sport will unite us. And after we played a, a game of of um, beer pong, <laughs> wow, we we like to chill with a big fat dude. So. <laughs> They were they were sp- they were speaking to me as a twenty one year old. How old was I? Twenty three. My God, You're I am old. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a young man, <laughs> and I still had a real job back then. Oh, I, mean, I didn't. That's the other thing. Like you don't know what's going to happen. There was no podcast back in ninety three. <laughs> no one even knew what that was. And all I wanted to do was be on the radio. And every time I went there, they said, "No, you don't really have a fucking clue what you're doing." <laughs> so. Thank God for podcasts. We can sit here on a Friday, after, a Friday morning and talk absolute shit. So, uh, you said it's on. How do you know all these things? That is, that is on till the end of the week. Yeah, end of the yeah, end of the week. The end of the month is tomorrow. No, end of the month is Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah, it just shows you I have no fucking clue. The is on. I think on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> all I know is is that him. Yes, that's okay. Him. If um. I had holiday, this holiday thing and then Easter and all these things and it actually just fucked me up. David. I don't really know what's going on. Hello, my boy. Are oh, you there? Sir. I'm lacking, man. You yeah. sound you sound like you're in my ears. Um, well, sometimes I'm in your ear. <laughs> but also, you also always choose the day after on my biggest night. I know. When I sent, when I sent that message to you, I thought, oh, fuck, man. He's going to go big tonight. Yeah, but you know, I don't mind Tony Bubbles. <laughs> Tony Bubbles. I'm Bubbles with you. So happy, happy. I'm also slightly, but I was, the sad part of mine is I was alone. You know when you drink alone and you just sit there with a the remote watching Car SOS? <laughs> no, I don't really know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you were working. You were working. <laughs> so now I want to announce a thing to you. This is no longer called the Gas Comedy Podcast. So you, okay. that's a good thing. It's now called the Just Now. Comedy podcast. Oh, nice! I smell. I feel like that's Dusty Rich leaving. <laughs> there we and go. And there he goes. Nice. Just slam the door there. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Rich has left the building. No, it was. Yeah. It was a. It was a, a move. 
you know you you understand business and you know how things are if you if you if it's like it's like having an ex girlfriend with a tattoo on it on her back yeah are you with me see where I'm going with this no I got you I got you every time we did the show I had to look at that tattoo of that tramp stamp and I couldn't yeah. I just yeah. couldn't get it up, man. <laughs> there was Dusty's like name. Goliath and Goliath logo. Oh, yeah. So, Don't get me yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was my, my, the Just Now comedy podcast because it's a South Africanism and it's also every time I ask a guest if they're going to come in, they say, yeah, Just Now. Just Now. So, yeah. Now, like so that was my weekend. I had a gig. Uh, I was supposed to fly out tonight and it's been canceled. So I've got one of those what now kind of vibes. Do you know what I mean? Because you look forward to a gig and it's like happening. Man, yeah. All right. Got my 50% deposit, non-returnable. So we're good. Wonderful. <laughs> so now ex- explain to us, where are you at the moment? At home. Yeah, I'm still in bed, man. We had a huge show last night. Where was the show last night? So we had the Goliath Comedy Experience with the Goliath. So, so obviously Comedy Central presents Goliath Comedy Experience. Okay. My contractual obligations. <laughs> and the specific show was Goliath and Goliath X Twins on Decks. And we had like a deaf comedy jam type. Okay, so proper. Guys came on to live music. There was a party oh, afterwards. Man. There was people so jumping. Good. Okay, it was cool. So good. Was so, so good. So that was the Goliath Comedy Experience is the full brand of the week. And then you divided well, each one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you hosted last night? Uh, no, Nicholas hosted. Okay. And, um, I actually went first and Donovan, Donovan closed the show. What a, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I really, I can't wait to tour the show. I think it's a Is that where you want to take the Goliath comedy experience on the road? Yeah. Or like, well, the, I'll take Goliath and Goliath extras on decks on the road and maybe, you know, add, add Joey Rasdin into the mix and call it the Colored Excellence Tour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So I'm, I'm not, I can't be on that because apparently my colored accent's really bad. <laughs> No, no. No, Nicholas lost night. Not even exit. <laughs> he said, yeah, is that, what are you doing? And I'm from Cape Town, so every time I try and do a Goliath accent, I, I head into sort of Mark Lottering, Pip Friedman territory. It's quite weird. Yeah, also you just head into racism. Now, you see, that's what he said. And then I said, <laughs> now when I read my kid a storybook and I do yeah. an accent, I'm like, oh shit. The, the yeah. giraffe spoke with a colored accent yeah, and the rhino yeah, like was a white rhino and he was like, hey guys, let's yeah. like not, let's get on, man. Let's all get on together. <laughs> anyway. All right. So now explain the other nights because this is huge. I mean, you guys went big. Yeah. Well, we, we, so we did six shows, 60, 60 comedians. Yeah. Um, you know, no one else is employing we, that many comics. Well, we, we really are trying, Dave. No shit. Um, we really are trying. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I spoke to guys in Cape Town. I won't say which comedy club in Cape Town, but I spoke to a guy yeah. from a Cape Town comedy club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just said, like, pay the comics for what they've done. Not three weeks later. Just stand there with the envelope, say, thank you for coming to this comedy club. Here's some money. And you've done your work and you go home and you just feel like you're walking on air. And you get a burger yeah, I have, and a I have no beer. comment. And I, and I don't want to tell you. No, no, I'm just saying. That's what I, 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 I've done that. <laughs> I'm, just, I, <laughs> no, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just being very Yeah, just open a Cape Town comedy club. Just open a Goliath so. club in Cape Town. Now. Well, look, I mean, the, that's that's obviously on the clock. But <laughs> I, I just think like, you know, we had 13 and 5 on Wednesday night. And, and Jeff Fresh was on. And DJ Fresh was part of those 30. <laughs> and the three Goliaths hosted a 30. So technically there were 33 comedians. Of which DJ Fresh happened to be one. So 32 comedians and DJ Fresh, right? Cheapest. But my point is that all 30 acts were paid acts. 
They were paid to be there the night, and I just think that there has got to be some sort of record. And we it's not, not only a record, but it's, it sets it sets a progress line. And in other words, that line now has been drawn and said you can't actually have thirty comics on a bill, and you can't pay them because yes. someone's taking a knock and going, "Hang on a minute, a guy's paid at the door to see these acts." Then the producer takes money, and then the bar takes money, and then the staff takes money, and then who they come to see? They haven't come to watch the waiter. Hundred percent. They come to watch the act. So someone's got to step back and say, "You know what?" This is this is what these people are here for. I'll get my salary some other way. Anyway, yeah, enough well, of, of business. I, I'll get my salary. Yeah, and then <laughs> plus you've got yeah you've got things to do. You've got ads. You've got you've got your own corporate um, environment. Plus you've got events. Let the comedy club be that. Anyway, the, I did I did a gig now that I'm running in the east at High Flyers. Yeah, and it was interesting to speak to the comedians because Chris Forrest arrived and he said, "Dave, we did this ten years ago, and it didn't work." So I'm like, well, in 10 years, so much has happened. You can't actually do a comedy gig. Things in 10 years ago, people didn't know what was cutting. I, I agree. It's just, you know, people are getting more and more educated. The more educated they get, the more comedy they want. That's it. And there's no need so, to not to try and do the gig again because the High Flyers is upstairs. It's a, There's a smoking section. It's got a stage. Yeah. There's a spot guard. Yeah. It's got sound. The only thing that he doesn't do, what I call like the, the triple, is to charge at the door. He doesn't charge at the door. Which I find very yeah, strange. Which I just, I mean, you know, I think you and I, you know, kind of on the same team with that. It's just that the audience's perception of, of how they need to respect the stage is different than they paid. That's it. And these guys and talk about students. Bucks, That's it. Even if they pay 10, students have 10 rand, man. Student with, with 10 rand is invested. He goes, okay, what's this? Yeah. And as soon as they pay, their whole attention is different. When a guy sits at the bar and he's on a date. Their, they want their value for money. He's now. come on a Tinder date and now you start talking on stage. He's like, damn, man, this guy's fucking up my vibe because now this chick's yeah. laughing at him and not me. And we also very good looking, Dave, you and I. So, I cannot actually understand. I'm, I'm actually getting better looking. Yes, I definitely am. <laughs> fatter it's and quite weird. Yeah, time, and the fatter you are, the more good lookingness you have to look at. A uh, woman just starts seeing it as extra value. <laughs> It's like macro purchases, it really is. That's it. And you never take a doggy bag. You finish that food. No. I lick the plate. <laughs> when you said you lick the plate, I am putting, I'm you picking know, up I'm, what you're putting down. Oh, yeah. Com- comedy aside, did you have a good freedom day? Um, I did. I did, actually. What did you, did um, we you old enough up, to vote back in 93? I had two hours sleep. I woke up. I went to an actual radio station. <laughs> um, <and laughs> All right. We'll speak to you just now. <laughs> Which one? Where did you go? Where did you go? I went to the new, the new, cause, because Fresh had been on the show. The oh, Metro. Okay. And I went there. Seven that o'clock. was a sneaky move. Eh? He just kind of was on 5FM one day and then you switched the radio on and then there he was. Very, very, it was, it was sneaky. Uh, quite, uh, quite a clever move. Though. Okay. Do you think it's a clever move? Is it a big, is it a bigger, it's more for what he's, he's headed to? I just think I just think that that Fresh is kind of the one guy that's been immortalized. It's like you know he doesn't. If you listen to him, he's still relevant. He hasn't aged. He's still he's progressive. Fresh. I mean, that's why his name is Fresh. He just stays fresh. That's what he does. <laughs> How was his set? Just, did did anyone yeah. help him? Because it's not when I saw him. This is my first time on comedy. I've actually seen him do stand up as well at Parkers, ah. where he did a set that was written a little bit by Mark Banks and some of John Christmas, and he and he kind of went through it and he did it there. As a, yeah, as well, a, I think he. I think this he really wants to. Eh? Stuff. Um, but he, no, it was just on a dare. He's not. He's not <laughs> in any space. But listen, I'll be honest with you. That five minutes is is probably the most difficult thing I've ever done. Absolutely. 
There was no way I could get into the, I couldn't get my stride quick enough. And I, and the audience wanted quick fire and I was yeah. totally slowing it down. Because you know what it is. You know what it is. You <laughs> got to think about it like, you know, you know, when you're a batsman and you, you've got to find the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, but you that get your eye, you don't have time to get your eye in. The whole night is in the, is in the sweet spot. So essentially you got to come in and not, and yeah, that's it. You got to come in with your eye in and yes. how, how you do that is nearly impossible. Yeah. So it is terrifying, but it, it works. Well, I just I wrote a full four minute piece, new, brand new, which also maybe was a mistake. You should actually pick your best stuff. But I thought give them something new that they've never heard before, and it wasn't yeah. maybe the best time to start a four minute set. It should have been done yeah. at the box or done at the, at Kitchener's first to see where those those points are where you can move to the next joke. Because the worst thing nope. is doing a joke when you've got another joke written about that joke. David Carr once said to me, and this is the best advice David Carr ever gave me. He never gives uh, me advice. He just he goes because you're older than him. Um, and he's got a cultural respect. But <laughs> David Carlin said to me. He's only two years uh, younger than me. Ooh, David Carlin. Yeah. David Carlin's eight years younger than you. <laughs> Damn it. Well, we started comedy on the same night. And he's driving a Range Rover and I'm driving a Bucky. Well, well, well. <laughs> what was the advice? The advice was don't die. Ever. He said... He actually came up to me and he said, stop listening to comics. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dave? I don't listen to comics. He said, stop and listening like, to comics and then gave you advice. <laughs> no. He, yeah, he did. He did. But I mean, he's, he's Dave. He's like, My advice, Jason, to you is to never is, give you advice. Is, the point is, he was just like, stop listening to comics. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, comics are telling you things that are not right. So comics will say things like, one death is not going to ruin your career. Yeah. The 50 people in this room cannot change your life. And then he said, it doesn't matter whether you're performing to four or 40,000 kill. Make sure every time you go on stage, you kill. You want to do new stuff, you hide it in the middle. You make sure, though, that your top and tail is so strong that you walk off having killed. He said, you never know who's watching. And even, he just said, kill every time. And I promise you, that's the best advice I ever had. Best but advice I ever had. It's not bad advice on one thing, and I'll, I'll disagree on, on on half Dave of that advice. The advice himself. That's it. It's, it turns into you. It turns you into a hardworking comic. No, but it does. But it also makes a lot of sense. It also makes a lot of sense. So we we are, you know, you know that whole thing. You're just as good as your last gig. So I'm kind of not. No one saw me at my last gig. Thank God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, I want you to come to High Flyers, please, at some point, and just see the difference. There, there is a, a culture, as you said. People have changed. They know now what to expect. Just invite me, I will come. You know I love you. I love you. <laughs> Did you vote uh, 23 years ago? How old were you? One, seven? Uh, 23 years ago, I think I did. I think I was 18. What is it, 1990? 93, 94. No, no, no. I voted the second one. Oh, is it? Was it? We voted for the, uh, the soccer party. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were going to legalize that's marijuana. Why, and That's why you have no say with being a president <laughs> doing nonsense. You wasted your vote. Nah, you. I didn't. Just, if you think about it, you voted for that, the soccer party. But but you're very foolish. If you voted for the soccer, <laughs> anybody listening to this thing voted for the soccer party. You're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. We we have now got legalized marijuana in the Western Cape. Sport united us. The the soccer party had the right ideas. That it's, I feel like I feel like that legalized marijuana thing is just a way to get me arrested for smoking marijuana. Are you? Have it's you? Have you ever taken part? Legal. It is legal. <laughs> To smoke stuff you grew in your garden 
in your own domicilium. <laughs> your own home. You're using legal terms. My friend, you are dumb if you don't smoke inside your domicilium. So I'm just like, I'm just like, now if they, they ask you, it is, it's literally saying, guys, we're going to catch you. We, we, he has yeah, a, they, you know, what's like, that, what's that thing called? There, bait car. And if you can't show us where this thing grew and where you cut it, you are. <laughs> so now you've got to have little barcodes on the leaf. <laughs> Yo, okay. Must have a picture diary. I think I'm going to open that Pinterest thing. And I'm always amazed at, at the brashness of some people. We have a, a smoking, there's a, a smoking lounge. I don't, I sit in the smoking lounge sometimes at the airport just because I get, I get my wifi and I get my stuff and the smokers are cooler. I don't know. I don't smoke, but they're just, they're always better, nicer people for some reason. There's more chill in life, I think. Just, and then one guy in the smoking room, this is at the airport, hey, lights up yeah. a, a joint and he no. has like, in this, in the smoking room now, it's at the, in the airport, that's that smoking room right at the bottom. Of it. What's that place called? Alba? Yeah. Lights up a joint, has like two drags of it and then, Nips it, you know, and then puts it back in his in his wallet. And now the whole room is basically a hot box. <laughs> it's banging, yeah. It's I saw who it was. No one else could see. So everyone's like, "Hey, man, this this Chesterfield mild <laughs> is really nice." You know, when you <laughs> you press that what button. What camel is this now? <laughs> so he's pressing his little button there, going, "Hmm, my, this is great menthol." And I'm just like, yeah, that was the best thing anyone could ever do. And that guy's quite brazen. He's like, someone could have stopped him and said, sorry, man, you can't actually do that, firstly. And also there's, there's police in the airport. One place yeah, where police, thing, no, police do seem to like hang out. Police, there are little beagles at the airport. You know, that dog is so cute. <laughs> but it's that dog that's Why are you calling midget friend. colored people that now? Why? Why do you do that? Listen, listen, listen. Let's take that back. You will not tolerate that, 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 that hack racism. Is that hack? Well, it's not even well, real. Harder. The, um, the uh, the beagles can sniff a mile. No, but the thing with the beagles is they don't react. They look all cute, and then they will sit down. That's the signal. That's if right. the dog sits down next to you, my friend, cavity search is your name. <laughs> the dog must not sit down next to you. I'm just like, I always tell those guys, you know, you know, they walk into the airport, and the, 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 the guy walking the dog is like, ha, oh, Mr. Poliat. And I'm like, don't Mr. Poliat me. Because when your dog sits down, I'm no more your friend. I'm like, just keep yeah, moving, then, boy. Then there's, no, there's no friendship after that. Yes, no, dude. I'm terrified of those dogs. I'm terrified because what if I shook a hand of somebody that's shaking a hand? No, that is when you go to Dubai, and I had a, a jacket a friend of mine gave me, and I put my hand in the pocket, and I felt two little pips. Oh, and now oh, listen, oh, oh. I'm in Dubai. Okay, it's it's a, you don't need the jacket. So I felt the pips, and I'm like, hmm. I didn't care if that was oregano or pepper. I didn't give it a fuck. Matter. I knew exactly who gave me that jacket. That jacket. <laughs> I took the jacket off. And I put it name in the dustbin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I put it in the dustbin and I went through very nice confidently. A friend of, of, not a friend of mine, a friend of mine told me a story of a guy who had, um, pips in his shoes. In, you know, in the, in the crevices of your shoes. Yeah. And they said, well, you were obviously in an environment that had cannabis. So you come. You and have want a to tea. Make an example of you, dude. They want to make an, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Too fine of that stuff. I told you I'm too cute for jail. (laughs) (laughs) No, we both too cute for jail. So now listen. No, but you're still one serving. I'm a (laughs) buffet. Salad. Toss my salad. Yeah. So now, um, who else? Because I saw some names in there. I saw uh, headliners as well at your club. I saw Joe Parker, Ronnie. Tomorrow night, we all sold up. But tonight and tomorrow night, we've got the headliners show. Um, And you've got, you with everybody. Uh, John, so, so between the two nights, John Blissmus and Paul Pops, uh, Mark Watering is going to be performing, Swiss Romania, Tips, 
I'm coming. I'm coming to. I just came now. I just came now. Just with that lineup. <laughs> yeah, and Dora has been host both nights, both nights, which is which is. I mean, just. And it's sold out. It is completely sold That's out. Fantastic, Jason. Well done, man. That's like proper. But, but success. Here's the thing. Yes. Here's the thing. So, I you you mentioned something earlier, okay, about um, that there's got to be more. There's got to be more. We've got to give give more platforms. Um, and I think that, that what's got to start happening is we've got to also start making the decision to watch comedy a lot easier. Yes. So This is for the punter. Issue, yeah, but I think for both sides of the of the fence. So on one side, you want to make sure that artists have enough platforms. And on the other side, you want to give audience members um, an easier pathway to becoming a comedy fan so that you take the hard part out of the, out of the decision. So... I'm going to roll out a series of clubs. I, I feel like, I feel like the, the 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 club I have at the moment is great, but a I don't see enough people, uh, and b I, the decision to watch comedy is still a big one because you you you're spending money on a ticket, then you've got to come and buy a meal and a drink, and it's also not in in an environment where you were traveling to, so. So you're gonna take it a little bit closer to where the people are. I just want to make make the take the difficulty out of the decision, and and just you know take comedy to the people, which is our strategy from the start. And uh, I'm pretty excited about a few announcements that we'll be making next week. Do you know once we were in a parking lot, you and I? Yes. And you looked at me and you said, "Why can't I do comedy at the F&B Stadium?" And I kind of looked in your eyes and I realized you're not actually talking shit. <laughs> yep. You're going. You're going to do it. And I think you will. Yeah, but the difference is I understand how long how long the road is sometimes. You know what I mean? I know. I think I've become very very patient, and and I and I fully understand. Uh, the That's such a big thing for for young comics to see that time um, line, where they're looking and going, "I want it now." <laughs> and that's that's they they all they not only want it now, but they want it for free. <laughs> and there's a cost for everything, you know. And the, the, Cost is, is, is time, experience, lessons being learned. And sometimes people just can't afford the cost and then they just wonder why they don't have the thing that they want. I'm with you. If, if, if you have right, been to Indonesia. How long is this podcast though? No, you can go. We, we did a gig in Indonesia. There were 800 people in that hall. Yeah. Now that is, those people, okay, live in that area. There's no way they can get in their car and drive to Moro's Arch or to Monte. Now that's exactly the point. And, so if, if you see and that. How grateful are they? Because I've, I've done that gig. They love it. How, how they amazing. It. And they that told audience. me that Riyad Musa also did two nights that he had to do a third night. Yeah. Now he's it's, doing it at a discount price. It's not about the money. But we had an ensemble there of an incredible comedy night. We had eight comics. And that we, we did it on time because I hosted. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> but um, it was just great to see. Hang on a minute, these guys are lapping it up, and they weren't un- they uneducated in- comedy lovers. They were digging their comedy. No, they 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 watch a lot of comedy, and 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 look, I I feel like you 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 with me, but I also feel like we must also start not trying to reinvent the wheel at every damn decision as as Africans. Um, and if you look at the the, the international formats. The reason those international rooms work so well is, if you think about rooms, you know, the major rooms in New York, etc., is because they, and I don't think that anyone in South Africa has ever thought about it like this, but at the moment, 
my restaurant, Joe Parker's, Kurt Skunrod's restaurant at Cape Town Comedy Club, um, all of those, all of those businesses are competing for foot traffic within their, their respective areas. What I mean by that is they are competitors to restaurants and bars within their circumference, in their, their area, whatever. Yes. Whereas when you think about the, the Western style, where you have a comedy club that turns the room and does two or three shows a night and is focused strictly on comedy. And it's actually built for comedy. It's not what we do is we find a room and then we adapt it. 100%. Kurt's so Club, Kurt's club is, used to be a, a massive bar called the Pump House. If I, build, if I build rooms like the Box and yes. not like the Goliath Comedy Club, yes, rooms that are dedicated and focused. And your investment's a bit, a bit more strategic. You can actually put realistic. the money where you are. Yeah, let's just say realistic. You're not but spending money on it's, chairs. <laughs> it's, it's also, it's also um, I'm giving the, cause the, the, the thing with a room like the Box is it's the perfect environment for comedy, nothing else. Um, in terms of You've got, you've got, you know, captivating audience. So the focus, the focus is immediately on. I'm sitting here, and guess what's going to happen? Fucking so then I'm saying you do, you do a little bar, the focus room, and you turn the room. Hour twenty show, no break. Um, I just, I just feel like now you're in an environment where if I, if I pop up, for example, in a well, whatever busy area, Long Street, Cape Town. Yeah. I'm no longer a competitor because all I'm saying is I want your audience for an hour, 20 minutes. Yes, and they can really go back to your restaurant. They can go back to your club. They can go back to your restaurant before me or after me. That's it. Um, But And they can't eat it at my place. So can I market to your clientele? That's it. So you're not causing a wave in that long street vibe. No one's, you're not disturbing anything. I'm the only one that's not competing. This this the show the show ends up being a business show because I mean we're going to speak because I want to do that too because I have a, a brand of beer that needs to be in your environment too and that just sounds like exactly what I want to do. Well, well, well. <laughs> and then I've got to, I've got to say goodbye to you now because we have um, we have other guests. Thank you, Jason. We I have no like guests. We have people. no I guests, like bro. <laughs> Eric's got a Eric's got a nine to five um, job. So he's and he, you know what he did? He said he said um, I got a nine to five job at a mall and I didn't like it, so I left. And I'm like, Eric, you're 21, bro. You fucking stay. You just stand there and no, you take your cuck. You just take your cuck when you're 21 and you got a job. From Goliath and Goliath, that's why. Oh, you don't do that, man. When you're 21 and you've got a younger, or older person giving you cuck, girl, boy, black, Indian, whatever. You take it. You say yes sir, no sir, and you learn and you move. You no, don't no, go. No, no, no. This isn't for me. I, I agree. I agree. But you did ask me. <laughs> he did say, "What should I do?" Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, as long as as long as he 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 first consulted something and then made a decision, that's cool. No, he's, a, he's a good. He's a clever lad to that. <laughs> he's and he's hardworking as well, so he's gonna go. Smart. I'm just like I don't just because he looks like he comes from the desert. <laughs> estimate a gecko. Okay, he's like a mermaid from the desert. <laughs> like, a, like literally, he's like Alpha Bay with the desert needs. Started walking. Jason, it's yeah. always a pleasure, man. I, I, I could talk to you all day about these things because we do have a passion for comedy. I'm, I'm Thank sorry you. that I didn't wake up and do my throat and voice exercise <laughs> before, but I'm always like, you have no respect for my singing. So. No, I have no respect for your singing. You, you sing well. I saw you sing once at the Globe. What was it called in town? Orb. I'm gonna do, Orbit. I'm, I'm I saw you sing at Orbit. I'm thinking of doing my first one-man show in August, and I want to call it Jason Goliath the Musical. It's a comedy special. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Well, you already named it, so it's going to happen. Yeah. 
Cool, so happy post-freedom day. I'm sorry you have a hangover again. Um, Dave Levinson, I love you. Love you too, um, bye. And you must have a wonderful life. What's the podcast called? To the club this weekend. It's, it's called Now Just Now. Just okay, now. cool. Cheers. I'll see you at the club just now. Yeah, I'll see you in life just now. Bye. <laughs> bye. My name is Jason Goliath and I was on the Just Now Comedy Podcast. Okay. So now I've got some, this is a, an interesting topic because a friend of mine started a little bit of a vibe in Cape Town where he said, let's get some sort of rules about comedy clubs. Let's, let's get some sort of rules about how an owner must treat a comedian. Let's get rules of how a comedian's conduct must also be under scrutiny because a lot of comedians arrive late. They arrive pissed. They, they want their money up front, all these things. So there's a, a group of people in England, uh, total comedy or something. They, they came up with some rules. They came up with an actual, a manifesto of, of some kind. And then I think um, the guys in Cape Town have kind of got it right. So I don't know if <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who who it was, but um, there are guys who working who are working on it. So it's not just the rules about saying, um, "Hey, club owner, pay me." It's actually also up to the comedians to to get their shit together and work and work properly. You know, it's not so. The manifesto has been written. I don't know if he's is he there. I can't hear anything. Martin. Hello. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Speak nicely because it's the Just Now Comedy Podcast. Say it again? We're we, we no longer guest comedy. We're the Just Now Comedy Podcast. <laughs> Why is that? Because everyone who fucking arrives here says, I'll be here just now, and then they don't pitch. Jesus. So, <laughs> so how are you? Happy post-freedom day? Are you, are you also hungover? Uh, I am, but that's just a, like a genuine malaise that's on my body. That's <laughs> your state Not 24 hours. Not I just think my 20s and 30s have just been painful. <laughs> and you have, you're kind of remembering now, hey, I used to be able to do this. How old are you now? Well, um, today was Thursday. I knew it was a public holiday. I, don't, I thought it was a long weekend. And then <laughs> I've, got a, I've got an acting job in a few minutes' time with a script and everything. And I'm like, You've got an actual job? Well, acting Oh, I see. Okay, but now before we, I've got about five minutes to talk about this thing. Did you did you raise your points with your manifesto? With because the things you sent me were incredible. Those. Oh yes. Did uh, you have your meeting? Yes. And went very well. Um, the comics came through primarily the professional comics of Cape Town. Yes. Guys who are in the industry working, not so much open spots. Okay. And we discussed the need for like non. What do you want to call it? Non political. Um, assistance with each other. So we've come up with a bunch of key points and plans. And we're meeting on the 1st again. 1st of May, Workers' Day. Yeah. Like okay. on, on the, because on the day, we're going to sit and discuss some things that we want to see that we can achieve. So, uh, actually setting like markets in the industry going in six months, we want to achieve this, this, and this. And by using PR, press, Okay. So I mean that that stuff you sent me was from is it Total? Who who was who was in charge of that? Yeah. Do you know what I liked about it? It set up a rule of conduct not only for for the club because obviously a club owner needs to know you're going to have a comedy night on your, here's what you need to do because so many times they yeah. have no idea. But also what I liked yeah. about it it was it, there was a comedian's conduct code as well. Yeah. So arrive on time, stay sober, don't abuse. If it's a corporate environment, don't abuse the people that have actually paid the money. Obviously, there are loud people and they're hecklers and whatever, but have some yeah. sort of. It's not your. You're not there to build an empire. You're there to do your ten minutes, get your money, and and be cool, so I can invite you back. Um, yeah. It's something that Goliath and Goliath have told me off stage. Have said, listen, as a host, don't. We, we are a new club. 
We don't have a we don't have a vibe yet of where we're going. If there are hecklers, smile, wave, be cool. Don't hit them hard like you would at the box or at at Parkers or something. So, just for the first few years, can you just hit, be nice to the hecklers, let them have fun, so we can actually build our club. And that was a, that was a rule. Yeah. And they said, listen, that's what you got to do. So those are the rules of the club. Yeah. Yeah. So now you you're doing it, eh? So stuff. it's important stuff. Because like this, you know what? To go and exactly to go and give one or two uh, comedy clubs the what you call it promoters list and say, would you bias to this as well? Um, it would be hard place for most clubs to say no to it because mm. it's just ethical except guidance, right? Okay. It's like fair treatment, and there's, there's some issues that people have been bringing up with regards to possible payment in advance. Yes. And how poor the money technically can be. Well, I mean, how long did we no, wait for money from Rocking the Daisies? Was it, it, it for some um, of us? It was a year. Yeah, uh, to the point where I've given up. And yeah. whether you, but then again, you know, without even saying this, Rocking the Daisies, any festival yeah. is going to leave you standing, and you could no legs to to sort of. I've started now. If I do a comedy money. night, I tell the guy, "Can you can you guarantee me a certain amount of money?" And he says, yes. And I said, and then you can keep whatever you make at the door. So I really am not interested in, if the guy's got 2,000 people there and he makes 20 grand, I'm happy for him. I want my comics mm. to get paid. And I put money in an envelope before the show that I draw so that I can give it to yeah. the comic. When, you know what happens? The, the club owner's there to cash up and talk to his staff. So he only cashes up at about half past 12. My comics are done by 10. Yeah. My comics. Have your the money comics. ready. With have the money ready. They can't sit around waiting for the guy to do the cash up and do the thing. So he goes, where's the comedians? I'm like, no, it's fine. I paid them. And I'll sit there till 12 or whatever and let him. Because it's my responsibility. I'm the producer of the show. But I make sure the guys have got the envelope and they're gone. Although I did yeah. not. I couldn't pay Chris Forrest on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, Capitech has a limit on the account to what you could draw. <laughs> But in terms of transparency and fairness, if you're performing in a venue that has, let's imagine the number, 100,000 people at it, and you're being offered a very small fee, yes, uh, that itself is something where we're starting to question the transparency of It is true, because you, you don't want to I fuck up the whole industry and say we all have to get 10 grand at a gig now. This is impossible, but yeah. I do agree with you. When you do a gig in Durban at that that place, Crowded House, and there's, there's uh, something like 2,000 people who pay 200 bucks each, and you're getting a grand. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Listen, exactly I'm going to phone you back again when you've got your manifesto, and then I think come into the studio. But I'm going to play out with um, Stuart Lee. You put me onto this guy, um, and I shat myself because Stuart Lee is actually a, a booker, like an events booker in Joburg, <laughs> and he's a proper. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, exactly. Me neither. And he's just a chop. But I mean, yeah, th- that's going through that one. So I'm going to play Stuart Lee. Thanks, Martin Evans. Work your shit out in Thank Cape you. Town. Pleasure, man. And what's the podcast called? Just say I'm Martin Evans and I listen to the Just Now comedy podcast so we can play it as a promo. All right. Oh, well, why does it just go to helphands.com and I'll just redirect it? <laughs> <laughs> Feel the traffic. Okay. Thanks. But get out of your get out of your house. Go do your writing job. Cheers. Yeah. I'm going to go act now. Yeah, act yeah. It's strange enough. No, it's four. Uh-uh. It's almost your job from the past. Who? Uh, an internet provider. <laughs> Not this, black box stuff, the, the internet's <laughs> over. The internet's done. I mean, from next week, we're all getting the internet in, in our asses in a, some sort of chip. So you really, I don't know what your ad you're doing, but I've actually got, I've got a flash drive. Digital I'm gonna, area <laughs> digital. Yeah, that's why you have to put it in with your finger. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not saying anymore. Right, bye bye. Have Cheers. fun. Cheers, guys. Thanks, man. All right. 
put me onto this guy called Stuart Lee, so I'm in the mood. In the current climate, to make a joke on stage about the Muslims, right? Not for fear of religious reprisals, right? When's that ever hurt anyone? I'm going to play out with this. This is Stuart Lee. This has been the first Just Now Comedy Podcast, me all by myself with the lovely Palesa, just to give me some advice on but date my family. Um, we've got, you've got about three minutes left of this magical genius. Thank you very much. Cheers, I'm Dave. And we can make a joke, but you don't really know... You don't really know how a joke's received, and it could be that it's laughed at enthusiastically in a way that you don't understand, and particularly out there, and if you don't know who's watching in television, I mean, if it's on telly on Paramount, probably someone horrible, an idiot. <laughs> um, it's kind of person who's awake at five in the morning, who knows what? Could be anyone laughing at this. We don't know. Awful people. And, um, so... Um, so you don't know, because the problem, the problem is, 84% of people, apparently, of the public, think that political correctness has gone mad. Now, um, I don't know if it has. People still get killed, don't they, for being the wrong colour or the wrong sexuality or whatever. And what is political correctness? It's, a, it's an often clumsy negotiation towards a kind of formally inclusive language. And there's, there's all sorts of problems with it, but it's better than what we had before. But 84% of people think political correctness has gone mad. And you don't want one of those people coming up to you after the gig and going, well done, mate. Uh, well done, actually, for having a go at the fucking Muslims. <laughs> well done, mate. You know, you can't do anything in this country anymore, mate. It's political correctness gone mad. You know, you can't even write racial abuse in excrement on someone's car <laughs> without the politically correct brigade jumping down your throat. And you, you don't want those people coming up to you after gigs because that's Al Murray, the pub landlord's audience. <laughs> Missing the point and laughing through bared teeth like the dogs they are. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm 40, like I said, I was 40 last week and I can remember before political correctness. That's why I think it's better. I remember... Well, it's better now. I when I was 12, there was one Asian kid in our class and every day when he read the register out for a year... The teacher, instead of using his name, called him the Black Spot every day for a year. A street I grew up in, just south of Birmingham, there was, a, I remember, a 1972, a black family wanted to move in, and all the white families put pressure on the guy not to sell the house. And six years previous to that, David Cameron never mentions it, but the Conservative Party won a, a by-election in Birmingham, and they sent out little kids with leaflets that said... This is CliffCentral.com. He draws a pregnant belly. She says... 1984? Oh, um, Orwell. George Orwell. Pictionary. Know your partner. Cliffcentral.com.